Impact. We got Sin City Steve with us, and of course, Rob Boss Comedy Bossolari with us again. No Matt Michaels tonight as he is attending a FSW Arena show. So uh we uh, won't have him on wrestling talk. He may pop up at three count, but there's a good chance we may miss him there. So Fellas, it's just going to be us tonight. We do ask everyone who is watching us, make sure to throw all your comments into the chat box of Twitch, Facebook, or YouTube. We'll try to get it in as we see fit. And for everyone who's just listening to the podcast, download it. We always appreciate that as well. All right, uh, let's get right into the uh, two sweet for the week and see if we got anything, fellas. Let's go. <laughs> All right, Sin City Steve, man, it's great to see you back after a week at the uh, concert. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, yes sir. man. Uh, what you have for two sweet for the week? All right, so <sighs> MJF and Kenny Omega went out and had an absolutely amazing main event match on Collision. Period. End of story. That's really the the biggest two sweet mm-hmm. of the week. Um, but. You know, the, the, the storyline with this match was that MJF is about to break Omega's record world championship reign, and Omega got a world title match as a result of it. People have criticized, you know, the genesis of the match, that saying it was thrown together. I get it completely. A lot of things in AEW are. Um, but the fact is that this match was fucking fantastic. Yeah. It was 30 minutes, and it, it ended up with MJF hitting Adam Cole's finish, the Panama Sunrise, followed by his new pinning finisher. Uh, he's been using the Fujiwara armbar for a while, but he's using the Heat Seeker to get the pins now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if you have the means, meaning an internet connection, go <laughs> find this match, spend a half hour of your life and watch it. Um, it, 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 was, it was old school New Japan Kenny Omega and a higher gear than we've ever gotten from MJF. Um, elsewhere, we actually got... Kazuchika Okada on Dynamite. Um, Okada teamed with Orange Cassidy against Brian Danielson and Claudio Castagnoli. It was a great debut for Okada, especially for American audiences. Um, you know, Cassidy kept up with the other guys in this match. Uh, it, it was a 17-minute match, but it went by super quickly. Um, unfortunately, uh, Danielson got hit with an orange punch and a rainmaker which would lead to a, uh, a broken orbital bone for Brian Danielson for his troubles. Um, unfortunately, that's going to keep him out of action until the end of the year, but just so happens that New Japan is running a pay-per-view on January 4th at the Tokyo Dome. And as of right now, Kazuchika Okada does not have a dance partner. Hmm. <laughs> Strange how that works. 
Um, right. And then lastly, but not least, Swerve Strickland did another home invasion angle, just very similar in, to the one he did uh, with Nick Wayne and AR Fox. Here's the thing. The tone behind this was absolutely sinister and not playful at all. Um, if you're going to do one of these home invasion type of angles, uh, this is how it has to be done. Swerve had a cold, calculated dialogue, even standing over a crib in Hangman's house. Um, we didn't see a baby or anything else. We just saw him, you know, speaking down at a crib. Um, but yeah, the delivery felt real. Yeah. It felt real. Um, yeah, it, it, if Swerve is not a singles champion in AEW in 2024, there are big fucking problems. <laughs> I hear you there, man. He's definitely making some uh, uh, some moves over there in his name because when people do bring up uh, AW, I definitely hear his name being brought up always in the conversation. So, yes, good stuff. Uh, Rob, what did you have for the uh, Becky Lynch versus Lyra Valkyria? I was I I watched this because I was looking to find something to like about NXT and they gave me something to like. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that the the whole idea of Becky Lynch being in the in the training team and flaunting her stuff around, it was a waste of talent for all these new up-and-comers who deserve to have opportunities. And Lyra Valkyria sold. It, 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 and Becky Lynch sold it. It didn't look like it was put on. Uh, the armbar moves that Lyra Valkyria was doing were really great. Mm -hmm. uh, Becky Lynch looked like she was struggling. Um, everyone, they, they put their effort in and, and it did not look like a work. It looked like a, a well put together match. Um, Lexus King. I hate the name. <laughs> it's a woman's name. It's a stripper's name. And they wanted him to not look like Brian Pillman. He goes, Oh, I'm not Brian Pillman, but you look exactly like your dad 20 years ago. You came out looking like him with the wild hair. You, you, the entrance was great. They gave him an edge. He didn't look like this varsity jock idiot like AEW did with him. They just went right to it's you know what it is? They took his Brian Pillman career and brought it to that next level because his dad started out doing the varsity uh varsity blondes and now his dad went to the crazy thing. But his moves are great. He looked polished. In AEW, he wasn't polished. He was missing spots. His footwork was shoddy. So this was a really, really good uh, uh match overall. I can't even remember, to be honest, who he wrestled. It wasn't important. It was to put him over, and they did that really effectively. Um, Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis is is becoming a, a, a uncut gen. Uh, they're just jumping right into the deep end with him. You, uh, said, you said he's becoming a what? Say that again. An uncut gem. Oh, okay. Got you. He's, he's, they're, they're polishing him up because nobody knows who he is. So the, the tension that he has... With the raw brand and and the way he's going about doing everything, the the smug British arrogance, it's 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 a persona, it's a gimmick. I want to see him wrestle, but this is looking really good. As for Kenny Omega, and and uh, MJF, my only criticism was there's no belt. But the funny thing was MJF tried to steal the belt back, and then they made fun of him. He's a thief for denying. I'm like, look, it's his belt. <laughs> he came in. It was also the heel commentator, too. Right, right, right. I, I said, what do you think? And I'm like, well, it's possessions, nine tenths of the law. And um <laughs> it was it was a great match. There was many, many, many spots, an inexplicable table spot, but uh there was it was a it was just funny as hell. I I, I could go without the kangaroo kick, so but he's just he he he's an entertainer and in ring as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll, I'll just call out that I, I really did enjoy um, the Sami Zayn and Drew McIntyre match on Raw. I, I can't even remember if I if they ever had a match together. I mean, I, I, possibly, but that actually was a pretty good match. So I uh, it's good to see where that's going um, and everything leading up. You know what? I don't. I never watch none of the uh, Saudi shows, but I got to tell you, this one looking like it's going to be pretty nice. <laughs> I don't think I'm still going to watch it, but um, it looked like it's definitely going to be a, a Are they nice not going to do the thing where Roman Reigns spears somebody through the cage and you could see the zip ties that were not even spray painted? And then they zoomed in on the zip ties and I was like, please, no. Oh, God. I can see the breakaway cage pieces. You use zip ties. I can crash your zip ties. <laughs> All right, let's get to our next one. All right, where's the love? Rob, you uh, missed the love from somebody? Um, yeah, they 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 did her wrong again. I I I, I called Nikki Cross. I said that one, and they had her show up in a ring and then zombie herself off and do nothing. She's so much more talented, and uh, she has decent mic skills for how weird she is. And to just have her play well, another zombie character maybe is a gimmick for her. Yeah, and then the other thing was, where's the love for you know Hikaru Shida? Because Shida is really just being used as a placeholder champion, so they could put over Tony Storm. Shida came out and did this match. It's more of a what the fuck, but she does this match where she's inexplicably dressed like. She's wearing a dress. It's I don't know what she's doing. Uh, Tony Storm comes out and Sheeta's just shocked. But like, what does it matter? Tony Storm's just doing poses and Sheeta's. They're not doing her right. They're not doing her justice. Um, mm. And I and I guarantee you, in that pay per view, she's going to lose that belt, and you're going to go, wow, okay. Uh, there was she once like one of the top. Uh, female rosters for AEW as term as terms of being, but she also fought for it. They did the stories right. They did an angle. Every match was an adjustment. Every match was a bigger uh, a bigger notch. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just oh I beat Britt Baker when she fought Abaddon. Abaddon was spitting blood out of her mouth and looked like a really dangerous person, not just a Halloween, yeah, you know, party city villain. Which <laughs> is what we got this weekend. Oh, we got Party City Abaddon. Look at that. She's yeah. painted up like a juggalo and she's got green hair and yeah. oh, she's, doing you know. moves on candy. Yeah. And yeah. You, oh, God. <laughs> she landed on the, 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 the candy. It was, it was, that candy's stale. <laughs> <laughs> like if they did Legos or thumbtacks, and I, and I guess they don't want to have somebody bleed at Mohegan Sun because it's probably, you know, liabilities, but uh, stale candy. Yeah, that was they're, they're, they're still not doing the women right. And also, I want to say what happened uh, to our guy uh, from a factional Gubernales who started it. And now he's not even in the in the faction anymore. <laughs> How are you going to have Andrade a little? And then you have the faction come out. They have a scrap. They come to the defense of uh, Cash and Wheeler. And then afterwards, Idolo's interviewed are like, so uh, that was your those are your people. You're not yeah. with them anymore. I do not need anybody. What did you say? I do not need anybody. I don't. That was weird. He's <laughs> weird. No, he's a jobber now. He's a jobber that does his wife's figure eight. 
And he doesn't even do it well because he always his back gives out at the at the seven part and then he collapses. So <laughs> I and he's got the same costumes as Roosh, which makes no sense to me. He's got mm-hmm. all the same gear. I would rather see him Roosh and Drillistico than you know Preston Vance. I mean Absolutely. like if you have uh uh, uh what's his name over in LTO who used to be uh, Zima Ion. They never give him any lines. A guy's name is Paris. They never give um, that guy any lines because he's not Spanish. He's Filipino-American, and he's just filling a spot, and we know that, and he, and he does his job. He'll fill in in a match. This guy is the quintessential of action of Garbonale guy. There's no reason to have Preston Vance there. That adds nothing to the story. He just comes in a silk shirt and gets his ass whipped. He throws mm-hmm. a few punches. He disappears. I don't understand why there's Preston Vance. Preston Vance would have been better served staying with the Dark Order. If you don't want to do the mask, have him do what Kane did. Take the mask off, put some crap on his eyes, and say, okay, I'm I'm spooky looking. Or or have Preston Vance be in in, in uh in the uh, what is it? The uh, men in dark black. You know, those three idiots. The House of Black. The, the yeah, well, yeah. The, <laughs> The you know oh we're Buddy Murphy is not a brooding name. Buddy Murphy sounds like a chain of burgers in <laughs> South Attleboro. It's like come to Buddy Murphy's. Um, yeah, right, I don't know right, what they're right. doing with him. Got you. Let's go over Sin City, man. What do you got? Where's the love? All right. So really seriously, where is the love for Bullet Club Gold? Now these dudes are truly the Collision Cowboys. They're all over Collision every single week. Now, here's the thing. Jay White is challenging MJF in a couple of weeks at Full Gear in LA. I get it. So they're giving the shine to him. Mm-hmm. Now, the guns have always looked, have been looked at as glorified jobbers. And Juice Robinson, again, I'm I'm overlooking the this, you know, the horribly done quarter spot. Thankfully, they've banished that to eternity. They're not even really referencing it uh, by name anymore. Um, And the match this past week hopefully can put that to bed. Um, But really, truly, outside of Jay White, where is the love for Bullet Club Gold? Because essentially, you have Jay White doing his thing, but he's being backed up by three job guys. Mm -hmm. And of I don't know that anybody can realistically take Jay White seriously. If you're a casual, Wait, you don't viewer, like rock flab hard Juice Robinson, dude. So here's the thing: like, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not opposed to Juice Robinson. I think that he's actually well, he's got Tony Storm. He's well, yeah, he's winning at life. But what I'm saying is, like, as far as him as a character, yes, yeah. he should be. He, I'm fine with him being your, you know, your guy that takes all the beating. Every stable has to have a fall guy. Everybody, every, every stable has to have a bump guy. Um, but realistically, are you going to actually push the guns or are they going to go into the full gear zero hour against MJF in a handicap match? Mm. And is he going to beat both of them? (laughs) Because if that happens, then they're not going to be looked at as contenders for a very long time. Also, if they beat MJF, then you just had your world champion take an L on a pre-show. 
So right. you kind of booked yourself into a, into a bit of a corner yet again. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I think there has to be some chicanery. I, I'm genuinely hoping that, that the guns do find a way to cheat and beat MJF so that he gets his karmic revenge at the end of the show and beats Jay White. But that'll put the gold, or I guess the silver, because the ROH tag titles are silver, uh, in Bullet Club gold and actually have them live up to their name. I don't yeah. know. Just a crazy thought. Yeah. Possible. We'll see. I tell you, I would like to know where's the love for uh, Cedric Alexander. And I, I mentioned that because, you know, it was great to see him uh, have a match against uh, Dragon Lee on SmackDown. But the guy is good. He's talented uh, in the ring. And I, I mean, I, I think he can sell whatever he's, you know, is coming out of his mouth. You know, in most part, he's like, okay, I can get with it. Even if to the point where he has to, even if, because I don't know if Lashley planned on wrestling for a minute. It looked like he's he's doing the manager thing. Maybe even, even if he's trying to get back with Lashley, maybe not to create another Hurt Business right now, because I know the focus is building on um, Street Profits. But maybe he could manage both of them at the same time without, you know, adding Cedric to Street Profits. He just himself, but he manages him. It's just something to get him, get him more on the screen and 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 building them up because it was a great match. But I don't know why he's just. Would he ever scene. be better than he was with Shelton Benjamin? I don't know because that they had some chemistry. The two of them, you had right. the veteran guy in Shelton Benjamin who still looked young. So if you were a new viewer and you hadn't seen him from ten seasons earlier, you're going, okay, this guy seems pretty jacked. And then the two of them had chemistry in the ring. They had moves. They were they were a tag team. I didn't feel like they were just two random dudes you know, thrown together. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, we'll see. We'll see where we go with that. Or does he just disappear in the wilderness again? All right. Let's uh, see what WTS we got for the week. All right, Sin City, you might have to hold this segment down. What did you got? I am not trying to sound like an asshole here, I promise. <laughs> okay. But the Hardys need to hang them up. Mm. They were an amazing tag team in their day. Quite honestly, helped to pioneer aerial offense, risk-taking in the ring, outside of the ring. But, and, you know, they could be looked at as one of the greatest tag teams of all time, based on your, you know, your viewpoint. Yeah. However, they did not look good this week in their uh, ROH six-man tag match where they teamed with Brother Zay, Isaiah Cassidy, against the Young Bucks and Hangman Adam Page uh, mm -hmm. for their ROH uh, six-man titles. Um, Hangman hit the Buckshot, Bucks hit the BTE trigger. Match went about 10 minutes. But yeah, man, it looked like as if Matt and Jeff were moving in slow motion in there. <laughs> what the fuck, guys? It's it's time. It's time. Um, elsewhere, we already made reference to it. Hikaru Shida. Yeah, she had a week. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, her match with Abaddon later, but she also had a match with Ruby Soho that went about 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And to absolutely no one's surprise, 
Sheeta came out the victor in that match. Now, I say to no one's surprise because Ruby Soho has been in about 47 ta uh, title matches at this point. She hasn't won a single one of them. Um, at this point, it's difficult to even take her seriously as a threat to win a match, let alone a title <laughs> match. Right. I mean, they booked her so terribly that it's not even funny. We've talked about it mm -hmm. ad infinitum on this put show. Red Velvet in there. She could beat Red Velvet. From three years is ago. Red Velvet even with the company anymore? That's like cool. exactly. <laughs> she but can beat an imaginary opponent, dude. It's it's ridiculous. You know, it this match in particular though, there was zero chemistry between these two, and they never found a rhythm. Um, not to mention, Ruby tried the fucking Eddie Guerrero spot with spray paint. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, if the ref would have DQ'd Hikaru Shida. Ruby would have gotten what? A disqualification win. She, still she wouldn't have gotten the fucking title. So <laughs> what what the fuck? Like it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. It that spot made no sense. This whole match made no sense and quite honestly this match is better left to be forgotten. And that's not necessarily a slight on any individual competitor. Yeah. This match was just not it. And Lastly, I am telling you right here and fucking now, mm -hmm. if we get Ric Flair in an AEW ring for another last match, I swear <laughs> I will lose my shit. <laughs> when the Ooh. announcement was made that Ooh. TK had a gift to give to Sting, and you know, I, I, I legit thought, okay, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna bring out some of his old opponents. I've, I I kind of saw this coming, but. The surprise was the nature boy himself. Flair and Sting was a cool moment, especially them being back on TBS one more time. But please, Tony. You don't want to see Flair slapping his old 80-year-old man meat on in the <laughs> ring? Tony, Tony, I know you or someone in your office watches and listens to this show. Please, <laughs> let it be isolated to moments outside of physical activity. Okay. Yeah. Now, I do have to say, though, Christian did steal the fucking show with his barbed comments towards Rick. Fucking great shit there talking about Ric Flair's black black liver. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, it just it scarily enough screams to me that at some point we're going to get Flair, Sting and Darby teaming up. And I really don't fucking want that. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, uh, you wasn't on last week's show, but Matt Michaels, I got to give it to him. He actually did predict that it was going to be Flair. <laughs> he actually said it there. We was like, what? And then, hey, so he actually called me up as soon as <laughs> TK made that announcement. He was like, holy. He sent me the text. I'm like, oh, man, I, I already yeah, know man. what happened. So, yeah. Oh, well, we'll see where that goes. Uh, Rob, you had any WTFs or want to elaborate on anything? Uh, Abaddon. They you knew going into that eliminator match that she's gonna win because we're going into Halloween. She went from scary to party city scary. Uh the match made no sense. They had random Halloween props in the ring. There was not a single point where I was like, okay, we're gonna get somewhere with this. When Cheetah hit her right on the noggin with the with the kendo stick, I'm like, what's mm -hmm. hitting her with the kendo stick? She hit her in the head with it, and then she goes, What do I do now? Keep hitting her in the head with it. <laughs> uh, they 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 did a they did a bump on hard candy. Sheeta was dressed up in a bizarre costume. There was no 
it made no sense what her ring attire was supposed to be. So re realistically, um, not to interject, but uh, she was doing a cosplay. Um, so she was cosplaying uh, Ada Wong from Resident Evil. Right, fine, so, but, but, but you still, know, yes. when, when the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega were doing a cosplay, they were dressed up as Ken and Rio, and Kenny Omega didn't get his Akuma uniform. If you remember that, he didn't have it. They had yep. Ken and Rio, and he didn't have the Akuma thing. He didn't get to him in time. But you knew clearly who this was. Even when Cody Rhodes was in there, they and MJF was rolling with Cody. They came up in Deep Space Nine uniforms. And Shivani goes, I like Deep Space Nine. That was my favorite Star Trek. Look, and they even got, you know, the, the Diamond's got it too. Diamond Dallas Page. They had each of the colors of the DS9 uniform. We knew clearly what this was. Yeah. Sheeta was dressed up like regular Sheeta, but wearing a dress, and there was no context to it. Yeah. Um, when we when we had the the my what the fuck is we had this match. It's a title match. You give me one week's notice. Oh, by the way, um, you're about to beat me. You're about to overtake my record. So you know, I'm gonna wrestle you now. No build up. No, you could have spread that out over a month. Hey, you know, a month's coming. And by the way, because even WWE does this right. A month before they'll go. By the way, you're going to overtake me, kid. I don't want that. I know you've got problems with Jay White. The two of us will team up. We'll get your belt back so this match has legitimacy. I don't understand how you're going to put a match out there where the referee does not raise the belt over his fucking head. Okay? I can overlook a lot of things. A match is supposed to be pomp and circumstance. Mm -hmm. I want to see the belt. I thought when he came out, on, on, and, and, you know, when the two of them shook hands that he was going to team up with him, beat the shit out of Jay White, get his belt back, and then we have a proper match. The other thing is you buried the lead because you put so much more emphasis on that match with Jay White that we know that Kenny Omega is going to lose right out of the gate. And we had no parameters for what the match was. So when he brings out a fucking table, I'm going, wait a minute. Rick Knox should be automatically ending the match. <laughs> Don't give me that wide latitude shit that they're, oh, hey, we're giving them wide latitude. No, you put them to a fucking table. You never once established what the parameters of the match was. That's a huge faux pas. Okay, and it's not me being a nerd. It's like, well, fuck, if I shot you in the face in the middle of the match and I got to oh, wait a minute now, patch him up and keep going. No, the match is over. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> fucking put him to a table. Oh, uh, and, and, and I'm sorry, you want to hang up the Hardys? Jim Ross is a shell. Yes. They bring him out. I, here's my thing. And I and I have a billion complaints about WWE. Those guys start from start to finish, bell to bell. They do their commentary. You bring out Jim Ross for one match, and he's a mumbling idiot. That's <laughs> oh, it's, it's determination. Determine. He said that twice. He said, this is gut and determination. And then he paused and he said, determination, the drive, the, the, the athleticism. If I hear that fucker say athleticism one more goddamn time, I'm going to strangle him. Okay. I'm going to strangle him and drown him in barbecue sauce. Stop saying athleticism. You got nothing left in your fucking brain. Come on. I'd rather hear fucking, you know, JR. I'd rather hear Jerry the King Lowell scream puppies over and over again. <laughs> Except All the right. women on AEW don't have puppies. <laughs> oh. Oh. All right. They don't. <laughs> Let's see what y'all looking now for.
All right. Rob, what are you looking out for? Maybe that uh I know it's gotta be. It's gotta be LA Knight and Roman Reigns. You gotta be looking out for that match. Yes and no, because I, I every time they do this fucking Saudi Arabian bullshit, they disappoint us. Every year it's like Remember when they gave uh, uh, a Braun Strowman that green belt with the scimitars on it? And you're like, oh, somebody got a belt today. Look, there was a belt. The titles almost never change hands. They only did it really for. Uh, I'm actually okay with it. It's like, a, it's like a glorified uh, house show. So as long as they did, nothing major happens at a show, I'm not watching. I'm not really. I'm They're going to have all the women dress up in gimp costumes because they don't want to sexualize women. But they dress them up like it's a horror slasher thing, which I, I, I've said this before. Oh, Rob's being rude to women. No, you all you have them still dressed up like whores. So what the hell is the point? Um, no belts are going to significantly change hands. He's not going to beat Roman Reigns. They're going to keep this bloodline story going on until the blood's crusted over. Um, <laughs> they, let's let's not be under any illusion. He's going to have a few great spots. You're going to go, oh, my God, he's going to do it. One, two, oh. And then Solo Sokoa is going to get involved. And you're going to go, oh, well, Cena beat Solo Sokoa. Of course, Cena needs to win because he has to stay face. Solo no, Sokoa is still going to show up. I think I think if there, if there's going to be a title change, if there is, I think the only shock there might be is a possibility with Logan Paul beating Mysterio. And... I could kind of see that because they're really pushing Logan. Logan is signed and everything, and I could kind of see he's got a lot of heat on him too. That could make something, and he can't keep taking L's. Every Here's time what he, I'll say about Logan Paul. I yeah. like his quality in the ring, but he's a spot guy. What he did with Ricochet inexplicably at the Rumble where they just do a body slam from each from corner to corner was ath athletic, but uh, it was. <laughs> but that's what he has. He is what he is. He's an obnoxious guy, and he can't get past his own gimmick. There's nothing about him. Like, even a heel has to be a good heel. Triple H was a good heel. Kurt Angle, when he was obnoxious, was a good heel. There was something about them where you wanted to watch them fail. I don't care if Logan Paul wins or fails. He'll get a title run. Sure, he beats, you know... Ray Mysterio, but what's the LWO? They're really a sidebar thing. They're a they're a spoof on the NWO. It's a gimmick on top of a gimmick on top of a gimmick. What I'm looking forward to is Survivor Series. Okay, I want to see what's going to happen, and we're going to talk about this later when Randy Orton comes off injury, uh, off injury, because he's got a fused spine. So how is he going to perform in the ring? What's his uh, visible like range of motion going to be? What limitations yeah. will he have in the ring? And I really, really want to see Nick Aldis perform because he's not old. He's he's in the prime of his physical life. Um, his best years were in Impact Wrestling as Magnus, but if he is not getting in that ring and showing people that he's a, a talent, I'm really annoyed. Um, finally, okay, uh, because she's the last one on fucking AEW with an actual body on her. And now she's on WWE. Um, Jade Cargill, what are they going to do with her? They had her at the Halloween Havoc and the throne. Yep. They're doing everything right with her, but they, they, they can't just have her jobbing people out. I want to see her in the deep end with real talent. I'm actually also looking forward to seeing something happen with Shotzi. I want her to succeed. 
I didn't care about her before, but I'm liking her. I just don't think they have her dialed in. And she needs a catchphrase or some sort of hook. She doesn't have it. Um, I really, really was happy to see Shotzi come out with mm-hmm. the with the hair and the straight jacket outfit. And she's got a feel, but it's not congealing. Does that make sense? Yeah. We got so that. that's what I'm looking forward to. And right. and, and Nikki Cross, her dumbass, can go wander into the parking lot. She's probably still in the parking <laughs> lot. Steve. Oh, my God. Tell me, oh, man, man, what are you looking forward to? Well, I am looking out and looking forward to full gear. Um, okay. MJF and Jay White, Tony Storm, Hikaru Shida, Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne versus Sting, Darby, and a mystery partner. I swear to God, that better be Adam <laughs> Copeland. Mm. It better be Adam Copeland. It better not be fucking Ric Flair. Do you remember when they said, keep your clothes on? <laughs> he better yes. keep his clothes on. I was like, <laughs> that was fucking great. Um, but, you know, yeah, the, this has the makings of being another great AEW pay-per-view. Now, mm-hmm. the only thing is, let's get some more matches announced and build storylines. I know there's a novel concept, especially <laughs> in a company where that doesn't really exist. Oh, we're not going to just um, throw AR Fox in there for no reason? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he'll be uh, somewhere, but yeah, there won't be any kind of a, you know, any kind of an angle or storyline as to why he's there. But anyway, um, also Claudio Castagnoli challenging Orange Cassidy this Wednesday for the international title. Now, I'm just going to say this the international title needs to change hands again just to get it on Claudio. And I know I'm advocating for a hot potato of a title, but. <laughs> Due to injury and bad circumstances, Moxley got injured in the ring, called an audible. The only problem is he dropped the title to Ray Phoenix, who was just as injured as he was after the match. So, yeah, it it, just bad circumstances. Put it on Claudio. Let him run with it. Let him be a pompous, arrogant asshole from Europe and run with the title. Why not? Like the the title's tailor-made for it. This is the best um, version of him he's ever been in his entire career, by the way. I, I agree. I agree. They're they're letting him be himself, which is awesome. But the rest of those dudes are squishy as fuck. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely they are. It's crazy. Um, and then lastly, Mike Santana. Yeah, he, oh. he got a first name. Um, <laughs> he made his in-ring return on Rampage. You know, this uh, the, the Friday show the AEW show that no one watches. Yeah, that's where they chose to have a match between he and a former tag team partner. Something they quite honestly could have done on a pay-per-view or on like a zero hour or something, giving these guys a stage. Yeah. But that being said, I do want to see what kind of direction that they're going to go with Santana. Um, he's, he's proven that he can talk on the mic. Um, it really just depends on what they want to do with him. Now, will they just let him flounder and be lost in the abyss of madness and you know mediocrity that is the AEW roster? Unfortunately, it un- unless they prove otherwise, yeah. Um, but I'm holding out hope. I think I I have to say this. You know, I have to be optimistic with it. Um, I, I really want to see what they're going to do with him, especially Santana picked up the win. But Ortiz actually left 
begrudgingly with Sanjay Dutt after the match. So take that however you want. Ortiz looks like my freaking old Dominican landlord from the Bronx <laughs> at this point with that freaking mustache and the white that fucking hat. And the and the I mean he looks ridiculous. Uh I think Mike Santana with that knee brace worries me if he's going to be able to move like he used Absolutely. to. Absolutely. They Absolutely. were they were too good as a tag team and they yes. didn't capitalize when they had the chance. They should have gave them the belts when they were part of uh the inner circle and stop fucking around. Their matches in 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 impact wrestling were savage. Fire. Wasted opportunity with those guys. They yep. sat on them for way too long. Yeah. All right. Let's get in the best in show. Definitely tough for me, man. I thought uh, I thought WWE on all three shows was uh, was just on fire. But if I had to choose, it was like, man, Halloween Havoc, SmackDown. Woo. I don't know. I guess I would probably tilt it to our SmackDown. This is just me. Although the, the matches were really great on Halloween Havoc. I thought SmackDown Entertainment overall. Paul Heyman uh, doing a promo with John Cena in the ring. Um, you got two of the best right there. Um, and John Cena didn't even have to say anything. It was just his mannerisms. I was like, <laughs> you know, uh, taking what Paul said. I don't know. Tough for me. Uh, but I don't know. Let me go over to you, Sin City. What was uh, best in show for you? For me, it was AEW Collision. And so here's the thing. I do want to rephrase something that I said in the last segment, too. Okay. Um, I It may have been... Uh, misconstrued that you know i implied that the roster of AEW was all mediocre i'm not saying that at all um the word that i was looking for that i improperly said that i improperly didn't say was malaise so mm. yeah i don't want anybody to take anything out of context i'm not kids, calling AEW mediocre what's that <laughs> kids grab your thesaurus and look up malaise i know right i know <laughs> not mayonnaise not malaysia right <laughs> Um, but so anyway, about collision, it, it really does help when a quarter of your show is taken up by a five-star match. Um, but in addition to that MJF Omega match, you had Jay White and AR Fox, uh, kick off the show. It took a while to get going, but once it did, the crowd was super fucking invested in it, which conveyed well to the broadcast. Um, White, of course, picked up the win, uh, elsewhere you had, um, you know, the uh, the fun match with Hikaru Shida against Abaddon. It was a 10-minute match. It was clearly in the vein of just being, you know, fun Halloween. Um, it is what it is at this point. Yeah. Um, and the only problem is, is that the women's stuff in AEW is still only being confined to one segment. Like Halloween Havoc, um, NXT, they've been doing a lot more for their women's division, and it shows. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. And it it definitely shows. I I you know, I don't I don't frequent the product, but I I've seen what they're doing and it makes all the sense in the world. I really do wish that Tony and and crew would find a way to to make something similar happen on AEW. Um but for me, AEW Collision was the best show on TV this week. No doubt. Uh we only got about a minute, Rob. But what would what would it have been for you? Um, I, I I didn't mind the Halloween Havoc. It was good. I, I but just for Lexi King and and for uh you know Lyra Valkyria, um, Raw was slid backwards for me, 
it didn't it didn't come together. I think SmackDown was the best. Um, I like that they're that they're making John Cena kind of this guy at the edge of his career, at the end of his career, and he's trying to get a little misty eyed and regretful. Um, there was a lot of drama in SmackDown again. We've got this big room, which like, oh, cameras, cameras, look at all the people, look at all the people. They reached the ceiling here. Um, but it was it was a better quality of match. The 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 matches moved, the pacing is better. Um th- with uh collision as a as a third place, I think dynamite was better because Ric Flair is a good hearted moment, no matter what it is. And uh, y- you got to enjoy having Ric Flair show up. Um, I would like to see Ric Flair come in the capacity as a manager or a coach or just even to do commentary. If you could get any number of those things, it was good. Um, I like when we're, when we see the, um, that match, uh, with the, with the orange punch itself, that was still an excellent match. I don't mind if you're going to insert somebody in a match from new Japan pro wrestling, to to fill the match if we have an idea that this is a heavy hitter, which AEW can do well if they go, oh, he's you know Azusa Kasada, uh, uh, I butchered the name, but he he comes down. You go okay, well, this is a guy that we know is dangerous. I think Dynamite was slightly better than the others, uh, and also uh, uh, the Alpha, the 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 match with. Uh, with him was just amazing okay. they're building up divisions on dynamite and they're building up uh teams better all right y'all listen we gotta uh end this because we gotta start recording three count but we thank you for hanging out with us for the live joe we try to get in your comments as much as possible but if you're watching us live stay tuned for three count if you downloaded and listen to the podcast we appreciate that as well until then we will do it all again next week Take care and happy wrestling to you all. Vegas bad boys of podcasting. <laughs>